Hi, welcome to our podcast. To learn more about Liverpool One Church, join us live, give financially and to get involved, head to liverpoolonechurch.com. We believe God wants to do great things in and through your life today. Enjoy this message. Now, I'm not going to lie, I'm not too sure who we've got in the room today. Because in light of the fact that we've all lost an hour's sleep, have we got the uncommitted that couldn't get out of bed early? Or have we just got the wise? I think I'm with the wise today, right? You guys made the most of it. It is so great to have you with us in church today. And for everybody joining us online too, we count you just as much part of the family. It's um, a real special Sunday, actually. And when you think about it, these types of Sundays, they're pretty much everything that we are gearing up towards because today is Baptism Sunday. And what that basically means is that today is the day where we've got a whole bunch of people that are going to get baptised in the same way that at the 10 o'clock service, we've already baptised a whole bunch of people. And really what that is, it's, it's a day where people are marking this is a day of change for them. This is the day that they're going to practically demonstrate and go public with their faith that really is just showing an outward decision that that really has been made on the inside of their heart. They've said, I want to be a Christian. I want to be a follower of Jesus. So um, I'm going to do what the Scriptures teach us, which are to believe and be baptised. So let me just say this. If you're in church today, and church isn't ordinarily what you do, From the jump, just let me say, man, I'm so glad that you're here. We hope that you've been welcomed in, that you've been made to feel like you're just as much part of the family because what you've got to know is if you're in church, maybe as an invited friend or family member of those that are getting baptised, and maybe you're here today going like, why am I even here? Um, Church isn't ordinarily what I do. I want you to know we're building a kind of church for people just like you who maybe think church isn't what I do. Church isn't what I want to be involved in. Well, we were all you once, so we're glad that you are here. And I want you to know that if you are friends and family in for the first time of those that are getting baptised, I want you to know that these guys have taken a real risk in inviting you to church today because what they've actually decided to do is include you in a part of their life that is so sacred and special to them. And what they actually know is that this is high risk because this could very easily become the conversation around the dinner table tonight. This could very easily become the canteen conversation. So if they've invited you today, man, they love you and they value you and they are so wanting you to be a part of this day of celebration with them as we all get to celebrate with them as a church family. Hey, I'm interested. Um, I don't know what everybody's watching on Netflix at the moment or on Amazon Prime or on certain number of iPlayers that are out there, but for Emma and I, We absolutely loved the first season of Clarkson Farm. I don't know whether any Clarkson's Farm fans are in the room today, but like we loved season one. I think it came out like during COVID and we literally, we sweated the whole thing. Like we watched the lot, we loved it. And I know that Clarkson is loved by some, hated by others because he's a little bit controversial. He's a little bit like us sometimes as a church, borderline inappropriate. I I get that that's his personality, but we find him quite funny and entertaining. So a couple of weeks ago, we decided that we were going to start watching season two of Clarkson's Farm. And um, we watched episode one one night and we watched episode two the next night. And 
just to kind of, without ruining it for you, but to give you a prezi of like what the thing is about. In episode one and two of series two of Clarkson's Farm, it's really all about the tension that Jeremy has to go through with the council because he's got some dreams and goals and aspirations that he wants to achieve on the farm. And basically he receives a lot of opposition for that. So we watched episode one and episode two, which was all about that. But then about like six or seven days later, we came back to watch the next episode. And you know the way that like Netflix or Prime will always say like, resume where you left off. And of course we hit that button, why wouldn't we? And one of the things that happened was quite strange for us because what we remembered was just the last episode we were watching was all about like the tension and the conflict and the fighting with the council. And then literally the episode that we were watching, like he, he did the whole thing. And I don't want to tell you what the thing is in case I'm about to ruin it for you. But like he went and he accomplished his goals and he achieved his dreams. And it was just like, wow, this was, this was a really kind of poor take on the story. It just kind of went from there to there overnight. And um, a couple of days later, I was telling the guys in work I was just saying to them, you know what? I loved season one, but series two was just like so short. I mean, I don't know why it was only three episodes and it just felt like it didn't have much of a storyline. We just got from one place to another place overnight and, um, and everybody around the, the dinner table where we were chatting were all saying, no, no, it's like, it's really long. There's loads of episodes. And I was going, no, no, it's just three episodes. We did two on two nights. And then we came back to it and watched the other one. And literally, as I'm explaining this story about how I just clicked, you know, resume from where you left off. My colleague, Dave Alex, he's a bit of a tyrant, so I'm not going to lie. He had his back to me and he's at the worktop. And as I'm telling everybody else, like I'm behind him, I can see his shoulders are going like this. And I'm thinking like he's laughing at me, like I, I don't know what the joke is, but I'm getting really upset about this and he's just laughing and he's just laughing. And in the end, he just turns around and he goes, bro, he goes, I I've got a confession to make. And I'm like, what's the deal? He goes, look, <laughs> this, this is the strangest of things. I don't know how this happened, but several years ago, I ended up getting your Amazon Prime password and my wife and I have been watching every series on Amazon Prime. Like we watched the whole eight episodes of Clark Oxen's farm, so I think the reason why you've missed all five of them is because, well, we kind of watched it whilst you weren't into it, right? That's what's happened. So my message today really is all about how you should change your friendship groups because I know that I for sure need better friends in my life. I need a better Dave. You know, um, have you ever stopped to think about some of the changes that you'd like to make in your life? Have you ever started to think about like how what your life could look like in just three years' time if you were to make some changes. And typically, when we talk about changes that we want to make in life, they do tend to fall into four categories. We tend to talk about making change in the areas of like relational change. We want to change something up relationally or something physically for us. Some of us want to make some financial changes. And others, we want to change things spiritually for us. But have you ever stopped to wonder, what's the type of life that you want to be living in three years' time? Have you ever stopped to consider, what type of person do you want to be in three years' time from now? Across all of those four areas. I mean, relationally, you might be able to say, well, in three years' time, I want to have some God 
honouring godly friendships. I want some brothers and sisters in the faith, in my world that I know are like armour bearers for me. They're people that have just got my back. They're just people that when I'm down, they lift me up. When I'm downcast, they encourage me, they inspire me. Would you like that kind of friendship group in just three years' time? For others though, Maybe in three years' time, your friendship group would be quite the opposite to that. Maybe you'll have some bad friends. Maybe you'll have some bad friends that have got some really bad and nasty habits. And actually, they're high maintenance and they're high drama. And all of the drama that comes off their life because of your close proximity to them, there's all of this like relational shrapnel that keeps affecting your life. Because you could have that as well in three years' time. Or we could think relationally about our marriages. Like, what do you want your marriage to look like in three years' time? Because some of you will have a marriage that will feel to you like you guys are just dating again. Even though you've been married for 10 years, it's like you guys will be as intimate with one another as you have ever been. I mean, like, you'll just connect, you'll communicate, you'll be loving life, and you'll literally be living the dream. But for others of you, as far as your marriage goes, in just three years' time, based upon the current trajectory of your life, that's not the marriage that you're going to encounter. The marriage that you're going to have will probably want that will feel strained, difficult, and tough. In fact, for some of you, because of the current trajectory that your life is on, you won't even be married. You'll know that separation is looming. Maybe even divorce is on the cards. We could talk financially, what do you want to be like in three years' time? Because for some of you, in three years, you are going to be debt-free. And it is going to feel to you like every night when you go to sleep and your head hits the pillow, you're not going to be worrying about the credit card debt anymore. You're not going to be worrying about the car payment, the extra payment, because in three years' time, you'll know what it's like to experience financial freedom. But for others, in three years' time, you're going to be in a worse mess than you are today. And today, as it is, you're really in a pickle. Like the financial pressure in your life, it's been going on for years and nothing has ever changed. And actually, in just three years' time, you're going to have more credit card debt. And even though everybody told you, don't do that, it's not the smart thing. Well, you've got more debt now than you had when they were telling you that three years ago. And now in three years' time, you'll have more debt too. That's the kind of life that you can have. Physically. What do you want to be like in three years' time? You're going to be three years older, but it doesn't mean that you can't be fitter, stronger, and healthier. Like, what do you want to be like in three years' time? Some of you will be fitter, stronger, healthier. Others of you, you will be more unhealthy, and you're going to feel tired all of the time, like you've just got no energy. You're just lethargic all of the time, and you're putting on weight, and that's making you miserable. What do you want your life to look like in three years' time spiritually? Because some of you, because of the trajectory that your life is currently on, in three years' time, you're going to feel like your relationship with God Almighty, your maker and creator of heaven and earth, you're going to feel like you do life in tandem with him. You're like going to be so connected into the lifeblood of a local church that for you, it feels to you like your own ministry is growing and you're bearing fruit and you're making a difference in the world. And for others of you, because of the trajectory that your life is on, coming to church in just three years' time is going to feel like the biggest hassle and inconvenience. You're going to feel disconnected. You're going to be more connected into some of the old sinful habits that you've previously struggled with, you're failing to cope with. You're going to become lukewarm and you're going to just drift away from God. So my question is, is where do you want to be in three years' time? What type of a person do you want to be 
in just three years' time? What type of a life do you want in three years' time? And I don't think that you can predict with certainty what your life will be like in three years' time, but you can predict with a very high level of accuracy exactly what your life will be like in just a few years' time. Why? Because the habits you have today shape who you become tomorrow. And if you're unsure about this, well, look at who you are today and where you're at in life today. And I assure you, you are that way and you're living in that place because of the habits that you've built up over the past three or five years. Why are you in debt today? Because over the past three, four, five years, you've not been wise and smart with your money. Why does it feel like your marriage is strained today? Because over the last three years, you've put zero investment into it. You've been unkind, you've been cruel, you've made some mistakes. So my question really is, do you like the direction that your life is heading in? Or do you like the direction that the habits of your life are taking you in? And the reason why I want to talk to you about forming good habits in order to make good change today is because I know, as you do too, intentions do not determine direction. You can have the best intentions in the world. You can hope for change as long as you want, but it's not going to make any difference at all. It's our daily habits that over time will cause a great change. Let's get to some Bible because we're in church and we should absolutely do that. Let's go to the book of Galatians chapter 6. Paul writes, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So really, if we were to surmise what those scriptures are saying here, Paul's saying, guys, you've got two options and it's no different to me 2,000 years ago as it is to you today. There are two options on the table and you get to pick. You can either build some habits today that are based on your own sinful nature. But if you do, it's gonna lead to a life that's destructive, chaotic, and it's gonna be ridiculed with elements of carnage. Or there's another way that you can build some great habits that are based upon the spirit that actually are going to be life-giving to your soul. I mean, yes, you'll experience heaven, you'll experience eternal life, but on a practical level, it's going to be life-giving to your soul. It's going to lead you to having a healthier, more balanced, more rounded life so that when you go to sleep, you're not stressing and worrying about a bunch of stuff. He's kind of saying, what kind of life do you want? And if I was to use my question, I would say this. What kind of a life do you want in three years' time? Do you want a life that's riddled with destruction and devastation? Or do you want health and balance and togetherness? Because Paul is adamant that you reap what you sow. The principle that he's teaching us here is a life law. He's saying, you're always going to reap what you sow. So how you live will determine who you become. The habits that you choose will direct who you become. And I guess that in a similar way to there being many laws that cannot be broken, for example, like the law of gravity, which would say if I were to take four steps forward right now, 
I would walk off the stage and fall downwards and never upwards. That's because of the law of gravity. There is also a law of sowing and reaping that Paul is referring to. And I want to talk to you about that law because if you understand this law, it can really help you make positive change in your life. There are three components to the law of sowing and reaping. One, you always reap what you sow. Two, you always reap more than you sow. Three, you always reap after you sow. So let's explore those three principles in brief. Firstly, you reap what you sow. If I was to plant an apple seed, I would get an apple tree and off that apple tree, there would be apples. I couldn't plant an apple seed and get grapes. You always get what you sow. You always receive a harvest that is according to the seeds that you have sown. So in other words, if you want to have a godly life, then just start by building godly habits. Non-godly habits do not lead you to having a God-shaped life. It's apples and grapes. It doesn't work that way. In fact, the prophet Hosea in chapter 10, verse 13 in the Old Testament says this, but you have planted wickedness, you have reaped evil. He was saying this, in the same way if you plant good seeds, you get a godly life. If you plant the wrong type of seeds, then what you harvest is the wrong type of life. So in other words, look, it's, if your habits are bad, your harvest is gonna be bad. So for example, if you're going to work every day and you get in there and you're just late and you never iron the shirt and everything's creased and you never take a bath or a shower and your hair looks greasy and you look like you don't even care about being in work. And even though just a few months earlier you were like the A-game boy, now it's like you don't really want to be there and you don't particularly enjoy your job. And just a few months earlier you were down for promotion, guess what? Now you're seemingly not interested just by your physical appearance. You have a bad attitude towards everybody else that's around you. Guess what? You're not the one that's going to be approached for promotion anymore. And it's not that you're not promotable. It's just that the habits that you've got in your life, they are not promotable. So it creates this problem for us when our small habits can affect the trajectory of our life. For example, in your marriage, you know, some of you guys, you have this picture in your head about how you want this like passionate, intimate, closely connected relationship with your wife. But if you sow seeds of just living on websites that are not right, and you sow seeds of just investing days, months, and years into pornography, that doesn't equal a relationship with your life that's going to see it fruitful and flourishing and seeing your needs met and hers too. It's like the two things are just not conducive to work together. It's apples and grapes. You can't have a grape from an apple seed. Or we could say physically, if you want a six pack, but you've got a little habit whereby you drink a six pack every other night, those two things, they're just not conducive. You're never gonna achieve what you want to. So I guess my starting point today is look, if you don't like what you're reaping in life, if you don't like the harvest that you're receiving, change your seed, change what you're sowing. Like listen, in just three years time from now, you could have a completely better version of you. Dave, you can be better. <laughs> the second point, I love him really, so I can take the mick. You always reap what you sow and you always reap more than you sow. 
The thing is with seed is you don't plant one seed and get one seed back. You plant one seed and you harvest multiple seeds. Even Jesus speaks about this in Mark 4. He says, others like seed sown on good soil hear the word, accept it and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. Jesus was saying one seed can provide a harvest that is a hundred times greater than the one seed that's planted. And you've got to know that this outworks in your life. If you want to know why everybody's mean, cruel and unkind to you, take a look at the way in which you are mean, cruel and unkind to everybody else around you because you're always going to reap what you sow. You know, even in marriage, let me tell you like this, if I don't treat Emma right and I'm unkind to her, then what I reap is a harvest that's not an amazing marriage for me. But what I've noticed is if I go and I'm cruel to her and I give her a bad day, it multiplies. That one bad day is years and years. No, I'm joking. But I can give her a bad day. She gives me a hellish weekend. Do you know what I mean? That's how it works, right? There's a book called The Compound Effect by an author called Darren Hardy. And in it, he makes this statement. He says that small, smart choices plus consistency plus time equals radical change. Small, smart changes plus consistency plus time equals radical change. Choices, sorry, not change. I want to just present to you two scenarios of what this might look like. We've got scenario one and scenario two. We've got guy number one and guy number two. In scenario one, our guy here, he's really inconsistent in his pattern of attending church. It's not high up on his agenda. It's not on his radar. He's not really bothered. He turns up one in four. But after he gets home from church, he starts to enjoy a glass of wine. And what started out as just one Sunday as having one glass of wine very quickly becomes two glasses of wine. So now every single night he enjoys not one glass of wine, but two glasses of wine. And soon this leads to a pattern of unhealthy habits for him. And yet in scenario two, you can have somebody that actually he just chooses to make sure that church is a priority for him. Because statistically, you've heard me speak about this before, but if you want a statistic to understand like the people who are happiest in life, and in fact, even in the family unit, you want to know who are the most well-balanced, rounded kids. Typically, statistically, it's those that are brought up in church. They're the ones that achieve more. They get better grades. They're just well-balanced in their personality and their character. They get more opportunity. Statistically, that's true. And in scenario number two, we've got a guy that goes to church regularly and he tries to employ some healthy habits. He goes to the gym. He's trying to eat right. He goes to bed early at night. He gets some sleep. And here's the thing. Between scenario one and scenario two, after a few days, you'll see no difference at all. Even after a number of weeks, you'll see no change. Even after a number of months, you'll see no difference between the two of them at all. But yet, after 27 months, the difference is massive. Because after 27 months in scenario one with our guy just starting out drinking one glass of wine that materialises into two, well, he will have consumed 117,000 calories more. That's like literally, he'll have put on 33 pounds in weight, which is just shy of two and a half stone. And now he's overweight. And because he's overweight, he doesn't feel good about himself. 
So his confidence is dropped. So now he hates his job because he feels uncomfortable when he's in work and he's sluggish all the time and he's got no energy and no motivation. So guess what? He doesn't get the promotion opportunities anymore. And now what happens is he goes home in his overweight body in his unhappy job and he has a row with his wife and he's disconnecting from his kids and he's unhappy with who he is. So what does he do? He has another glass of wine every night. And then he has a second glass of wine. And then do you know what he does? When his wife goes off to bed super early, because he doesn't want to be around her anyway, he just gets the laptop up, just starts surfing. And what starts surfing on eBay very quickly ends up taking him on a trail of websites that he knows is not going to be conducive to him living in a healthy marriage. And all of a sudden, it's like, man, this just makes him all the more distant from his wife and his family. Where did it start? Inconsistency. Inconsistency in the small things. And yet in scenario two, we've got a guy that he just goes to church and he's trying to knock out the drinking. So he stops drinking two glasses of wine. He starts to go to the gym. He starts to get some sleep on time. And guess where he ends up after just 27 months? Well, he ends up without consuming all of the calories, two and a half stone lighter because of all the calories that he hasn't consumed. And guess what? He's built some daily habits into his life where he reads his Bible every morning and he spends some time in prayer just being communicative with God. Guess what? He's no longer living a life that he's wanting to feel like he's close to God. He is close to God and he feels it and he senses it and he knows it. And guess what happens? He's just more balanced, more well-rounded. So he goes to work and he's enthused. And guess what? Opportunity comes to him. So now he gets an opportunity to get promoted and he earns some more money. So guess what he does with the more money that he's earned? He starts to clear off his credit card debt. He even uh, makes some overpayments on his mortgage. And then because it's in the month of March, he's looking ahead and he says to his wife, hey, we've got some spare cash. Why don't we this Easter buy a secondhand jet ski on eBay because we've got the money and we'll do something fun with the family. And some of us can look at a life like that and think, wow, how did he get there? Isn't he lucky? No, he's just consistent in the small things because it's not what you do occasionally that makes any difference at all. It's the small, seemingly insignificant habits that makes all the difference if you just stay faithful to them and just put a bit of time between them. The third law that we've been speaking about is that you always reap after you sow. You always reap after the season that you've sown the seed. So if you sow seed in spring, you're not gonna reap until summer or winter. Do you know what many of us do? We pray a prayer one day and if God hasn't answered it that day, we go, man, I don't even think God's real anymore. He's not answering my prayer. No, no, hang on a minute. You need to build a consistent, habitual pattern of praying to God because what you pray to God in one season, He's going to answer and deliver on in the next. It's the law of sowing and reaping. It's a little bit like when you go to the gym. You can go to the gym and get on the bench for your very first time and you can kind of like work out, smash in 30 reps, do some bicep curls. You can get home, whip your top off, stand in front of the mirror and you'll see no change at all. You'll have put on like no additional muscle. You won't be any more toned. You can do that like for a couple of weeks and you'll see zero difference. But you do that three times a week over the course of the next three years Whew, you is going to be ripped. You is going to be walking in with the six pack, the chest, the bicep. Why? Because it's not what you do occasionally that changes anything. It's the same with brushing your teeth. 
You can brush your teeth today and it's not really gonna make any degree of difference at all. But if you brush your teeth twice a day for years, guess what you're gonna end up with? Healthy, white teeth that are full of all the right nutrients. And I think that our frustration as followers of Christ is this, when we don't see the results that we're waiting for fast enough, we assume that God's not working on our behalf, yet we're failing to understand the law of sowing and reaping. For some of you, when you're starting to pay off the debt, this is what you do. You stop the Starbucks and you stop eating out at restaurants and at the end of the month, you've saved an additional 100 pounds. And you go to the bank and you pay that off against your Barclay card, which is maxed out and there's 18 grand on there. And you feel so good when you make that down payment of the additional 100 pounds until you get the statement that then just reminds you that you still owe 17,900 pounds. And it feels overwhelmingly impossible, like it's too much of a large amount for you to tackle. And yet, if you would just be faithful in the small things and make that additional 100 pound payment every month, it's not gonna take that long to deal with the debt. But because we don't see it quick enough, we go, well, God's not for me. God must not be blessing me. God mustn't be into what I'm trying to do. No, no. The law of sowing and reaping is that you sow in one season, you reap in the next. So never conclude that small decisions don't matter that much. Because in every action that you take, every small habit that you make, that determines the direction of your life. So I think that maybe my closing thought and question today is this based on who you want to become in three years' time, based on the type of life that you want to live in just three years' time, what habits do you need to start today? What habits do you need to stop today? What are the practices that you can employ today? And don't put it off, start today. And it's not gonna be easy, but the best things in life never are. And yes, it might take you years, but hey, would you not prefer to live in three years time, free from debt, with a great marriage, feeling close to God, with a vibrant relationship with your children? Would you not choose that? Because if you do, what habits do you need to start today? I think sometimes that formulating the right habits are a little bit like boiling water. Because when you have cold water that you start to boil, it starts off at maybe like 10, 20 degrees. And even just the slightest amount of temperature can cause that water to start to bubble and get hotter as you go through 40, 50, 60, 70 degrees. And now that water is almost at a place at which it's gonna bubble and it's gonna boil. But now it gets even hotter still and it gets to 80, 90, 95, 98 degrees. Do you know what you have when you've got a pot of water that's 98 degrees? You've got a bath that's ready for your wife. I mean, seriously, how hot do you girls have the bath? But here's the thing. Oftentimes what we fail to understand is it's just the small amount of heat that can boil the water. But over a long period of time, with just consistency and time, And some people will say about your life in three years time, oh, well, he's only got there because he's lucky. 
He's only got there because he's an overnight success. No, he's not. They haven't seen the hours that you've spent on your knees praying before God for that closeness of relationship with him. They haven't seen the hours that you've spent serving in your local church and being faithful, turning up every week. They've not seen the hours that you've chose not to go out getting crazy, party and drinking the wine, but instead just building a healthy family environment. There's no overnight success involved in it at all. There's no luck. This is just routine. These are just healthy habits. It's it's the law of sowing and reaping. And let me tell you, when you start to live a life in three years' time that other people will say about you, oh, you're just lucky. Let me tell you, people will start to criticise and often they do this about the very thing that they just don't know about. You will start to reap a harvest and people will criticise you for it, but they don't see your late nights. They don't see your effort in the gym. They don't see your dedication. They don't see you getting up early when you want to really pull the covers over your head. They don't see any of that at all. And if you want to live the life that nobody else is living, you're going to have to do the things that nobody else is doing. So build some healthy habits. And over time, if you plant the right seeds, if you sow the right seeds, in the right time, you reap the right harvest. Church, let's stand to our feet. Let me pray real quick. And then we're going to get on with our baptism service and pray for these amazing guys. Let's just close our eyes and bow our heads real quick. Heavenly Father, we ask you today that whilst we've all got maybe a picture in our mind of the type of life that we would love to live one day, of the type of person that we dream of becoming one day, I pray that you would help us understand and employ this principle of the sower, of the seed and when it's right to reap a harvest. I pray that you would help us to know what habits are there that you want us to start today. For some of us, God, it's just gonna be choosing to follow you today. And what habits is there that you want us to stop today so that three years from now, we become not solely who we want to be, but we become all that you've called us to be. And we ask all of this in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you can take that message and apply it to your life. Also, don't forget to take a moment to subscribe, rate and review this podcast. To get connected or stay more connected to the life of Liverpool One Church and learn how you can join us live, visit liverpoolonechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us and we hope to see you again soon.